first thing I would tell you is between 25 and 40, the way you live is the way you're going to get older. So take care of yourself. Oh, I would say to learn to embrace change. Life will change, but God is always in control. Social security. The freedom. Enjoy time to do many things that we wanted to do, like a trip to some of the western U.S. parks, the grandkids and great-grands, and the senior discount perks. I don't have the energy and strength that I used to have, and also the little problem of being rather forgetful. Um, I hate it when I cannot remember somebody's name. Losing loved ones and deteriorating health conditions. My mind thinks I'm still between 18 and 25, but my body tells me differently. Learning that God is faithful and he'll see us through whatever trial we face. The best part is that you can appreciate the life that you've had, the friends, your spouse, your church, and just to be here. Book, obviously, the Bible. Movie, sound of music. Oh, that's easy. I would recommend everybody to read the Bible. That is the most popular book in the whole world. I would say I would love to see most people go to Sight and Sound and just see some of their performances. There's lots of books I've read that I love, but I'm going to go with The Notebook by Nicholas Sparks. We've been part of the church for over 50 years. There have been physical changes in facility, the size of staff, the style of worship. But again, more importantly, is what hasn't changed, preaching of the gospel, the fact that the key to life is our relationship with Jesus. Frankly, I do go back to the accident of our son in 2008. And I do not know what people without a faith community, how they deal with something like that. I honestly don't. The system, you know, like our church community, and obviously there were others like the schools and so on, but there's nothing to replace a faith community. Holding you up, praying for you, knowing they're there. All right. Thank you so much to everyone that participated in that. It's really good to hear from you and hear your stories. I think Terry is probably not alone. There's a lot of us that are still 18 to 25 in our mind, right? That, I don't know when that leaves, but I'm, I'm still there. And man, that worship. That's just, a, if, you, if that doesn't get you going this morning, then there's something wrong. You should go and, and check in with your doctor after the service. Some of the most, my favorite times of life, looking back so far, the, some of my favorite times were the three summers that I lived with my grandparents in Maine. Now, I'm from Maine. I was born there. My family all lived there. And uh, I had two older sisters. I was the only boy. I was the youngest. And so it always felt like, you know, I kind of felt left out in my house growing up. But in the summers, when I was 10, 11, and 12, I got to fly to Maine by myself, including a layover in Boston, which you'd never do now. But at the time, it seemed fine. And uh, when I got off the plane in Maine, my grandparents, 
grandparents were there and I would spend the summer with them. And looking back, they are just some of the best memories. We worked hard. You know, they had two huge gardens and they sold things by the side of the road. They had chickens and so they sold the eggs and, and they did all this stuff and we worked hard. But then at the end of the day, we'd have dinner and we'd clean up and we'd watch the Red Sox and we'd play cribbage. And those are just memories that I look back and I, I really relish. I remember, you know, uh, being doing my grandfather's eulogy when he passed away and just feeling like I had such a richness because of that time. And then uh, about eight years after that, I officiated my, my grandmother's funeral. And same thing, I just felt like, man, I, I have such a good relationship because of the investment that they made. There was an invaluable investment made in my life by the generations that were ahead of me. And this is a linked weekend. If you're not familiar with that terminology, one of our core values here at Northgate is that we are an intergenerational church. We value that as a core value. We believe that all ages and stages add value to the church and should be valued by the church. And so three times a year, we just kind of pause our other series and we just focus on this. Uh, we look at the kids. We have, they have a weekend. Uh, we have a weekend with our students. And then this weekend, we are going to talk about our seniors. And I'm so excited to do this. Now, some of you want me to define that, and I will not define it. I will not put an age on that. I will say if you think you are a senior, you probably are. Um, if you get discounted coffee, you probably are a senior. If you learned about President Kennedy's assassination on the news and not a textbook, you probably are. Uh, but old is such a moving target, isn't it? Like what we think of as old. I remember being at my first church. I was 24. I was the youngest pastor on staff. The next youngest pastor was 40. And he was a cool guy, but I was like, that dude's old, right? Look how old his kids are and all this stuff. And I remember thinking like, Greg's cool, but he He's old. Well, then you get to 40 and you're like, well, 40's not old now. Now at 42, you know, I think 50's not really that old, right? And I'm sure that will continue to move up as I move up. Now, some of you are asking, well, why, why are you doing this message then? Listen, we had the original plan for this message to be done by a fellow senior, but plans change, as you know, and so we had to change the approach, but I was so excited for this opportunity because when I think about this generation at our church, I feel so much gratitude. I find myself bragging about our church all the time, and I mean that in the best possible way. I brag about our worship, which is incredible, and Anthony's team, and what a great job they do every every weekend. I brag about our kids programming. We have a church that really invests in kids and loves them, and I think that shows in the number of kids and young families that we have. I brag about us being a welcoming family full of imperfect people. I love whenever somebody new comes here and they say, I felt so welcomed at your church. There are not many things I like hearing more than that. But the number one subject I find myself kind of bragging about to my friends, to other pastors, people from other churches, is our faithful core of community seniors. There are so many people who have been here for a long time, 25 plus years. Charlie said 50 years for them. People who remember this as a church of 150 people down the street at 350 Bank Street with potlucks after church. And I remain convinced that one of the absolute best things that we have going for us as a church is that you are a group of people who get it. You get it. At far too many churches, this group can be a group of people that hold on to things tightly, your preferences, your desires, how it used to be. But when we find ourselves in a situation like renovating our kids' wing, something that impacted a lot of people because it changed the space and what we could do with Sunday morning groups, 
you know what we heard time and time again? We heard, that is awesome that we have so many kids and young families that we need to renovate and expand that space. We didn't find people holding on and clutching tightly to what was theirs or what they felt they were entitled to. We found people saying, hey, look at the young families here. We have to expand. That's awesome. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of churches where that is not the case. And I have a world of admiration and appreciation for all of you. And that is just one of the reasons. So we're going to delve into those in our time today. So the main point today is just that Northgate has a faithful core of committed seniors who have seen this church through growth and transition and have positioned us for a future where the best is yet to come. And I deeply believe that. That's why whenever I think about you and your generation, when I talk to other friends and pastors, the primary emotion I feel is gratitude because you have taught and shown us so much. And I want to invite Charlie Cannon up. He is going to come up and read Psalm 71 for us. Now, many commentators believe that this is a psalm that David wrote in his later years. You'll hear a lot of verses that certainly indicate that he's a little advanced at age. And I promise you, Charlie was in no way offended to be asked to read a psalm by somebody who is a little bit older. So, Charlie, let's have you do that. Thank you. O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Do not let me be disgraced. Save me and rescue me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear and listen to me and set me free. Be my rock of safety where I can always hide. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress, my God. Rescue me from the power of the wicked and from the clutches of the cruel oppressors. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I have trusted in you, O Lord, from my childhood. Yes, you have been with me from my birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. My life is an example to many because you have been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. And now, in my old age, do not set me aside. Do not abandon me when my strength is failing, for my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go get him, for now no one will help him. Oh God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction to my accusers. Humiliate and shame those who want to harm me. But I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness <clears throat> all day long. I will proclaim your saving power, though I am not skilled with words. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. And now that I am old and gray, 
Do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me even to greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises. Oh my God, I will sing praises to you with a lyre. O Holy One of Israel, I will shout for joy and sing your praises for you have ransomed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long. For everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. Thank you so much, Charlie. Well, it's a beautiful passage, and as you hear, David is kind of reflecting back, and I just want to take in our remaining time left to pull some points out of that passage of things that you have taught us and that you are teaching us, and to thank you for that. So let's start at Psalm 71, verse 7, where he said, my life is an example to many because you have been my strength and protection. I want you to know that you are an example to us of where true strength comes from. Because when we're younger, whether it's ignorance or physical strength, it can sometimes fool us into thinking we can control more than we actually can. But with age and with wisdom comes a real sense of where our strength and our protection actually comes from. And as the author says here, your life has been an example to many. Many times I and others have seen you walk through some difficult paths, through some really heartbreaking circumstances, and we have seen where you have turned for your strength and your protection. As your church, we've walked alongside you as many of you have buried loved ones, spouses, children, parents, friends. And time and time again, we have witnessed and we have appreciated a drive that you have to remember that while everything here on earth is fleeting, our health, our wealth, even the people that we journey alongside, what you've showed us is that what is steadfast and secure is the strength and the protection that God offers us. That is what we have seen in you. That is what we have learned from you. And I'm telling you, there is something assuring to see people walk through such devastating losses and still choose to love God and still believe that he is good. We all know that if you live here on earth for very long, you're not gonna get through unscathed. And to see the way that you have grieved, to see the way that you've come together to support each other, it does something for those of us that haven't had to walk down those roads yet. If I think about someday losing my wife or something happening to one of my kids, I immediately feel this debilitating fear and anxiety, but then I think about some of you, and I think of how you have continued to walk forward. You've continued to love and trust God even in the darkest days, and I can tell myself that if I ever have to cross a bridge like that, I know God will give me what I need to make it, and that comes from seeing your resolve. That comes from seeing your example. You have been an example to us of where true strength comes from. 
verse 9, he goes on to say, And now in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing. You are a reminder to us that our value does not diminish with our age. A lot of times it can feel like people are content to discard people once they reach a certain age. Right? Your working years may be over. Maybe some daily tasks are more of a struggle than they used to be. And it can feel like the world says, okay, thank you for everything. You can go sit in that chair and watch the news now. I mean, maybe not. The last presidential election was two guys north of 75, so maybe we haven't totally devalued seniors in our culture, but I've seen this kind of thing, and I've witnessed it, and I know that many of you have felt it, but I hope and I pray that you never feel that here. We value you. We value your stage of life. We value you for who you are now, not just who you used to be. We certainly value your commitment to prayer, now, I'm not saying that only seniors can or should pray. I'm just telling you, most of the people in this church that are prayer warriors are seniors. And as I've already said, we value your example. We value your wisdom and your input. We value your depth and your knowledge that would be sorely lacking if everyone here was my age. Each of you, in your own unique way, are a reminder to us that our value does not diminish with our age. In verse 17, Charlie read this. It said, Oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. You have demonstrated to us the value of committed longevity. More and more, we seem to be a culture with a short attention span, people who just want to move from one thing to the other, people who are more interested in what the next church might have to offer than in seeing their current church through a difficult time. And because of that, so many of us will miss out on the richness and the blessings that come along from actually sticking around in one place for a long time. The rich relationships that are built when you know someone and you care about them for decades. I gotta tell you, that has been maybe my favorite part of being here 11 and a half years is, is I've been here a while and I've had an opportunity to officiate a whole bunch of weddings. And I value those days. Those are always great days. But you know what I love too? I love when I get to dedicate the kids that came from those marriages. And then to be there when those kids decide to get baptized and have a part in that. There's just been so much joy for me that's come out of being here a long time. And some of you have been here three, four, five times as long as I have. You've seen babies be born, grow up, get married, and have their own babies. And there is a richness that we just don't get relationally if we bounce around from place to place. If we decide to leave when we hear a message that we don't like or disagree with a pastor about something instead of staying and working through it. And so many of you have modeled this so well. When we have somebody new on the worship team, I do this quite a bit. I don't think he loves it, but it's okay. I tell them to ask Tim Spink how long he's been playing the piano here at Northgate. Uh, because the answer is 1972. He's been playing for 50 years, and he still plays regularly. And that sounds impressive to us, but keep in mind, a lot of these guys were born in like the 2000s. So it sounds like the 1800s to them when he says 1972. But I just think it's such an amazing testament of committed longevity and the value of that to be serving in the same position at your church for 50 years. So to those of you who have done that with your commitment to our church, or you've showed that with your commitment to your 40 or 50 or 60 year marriage, thank you. You have demonstrated this value so well. Verse 18 said, now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. You are an encouragement to the next generations. The author here is saying, I may be getting older, 
But don't leave me, God. I still have work to do. And the work specifically that they are talking about is proclaiming the power of God to the next generations, telling them the ways that they have seen God at work. And that is a job that you, seniors of Northgate, you have taken seriously and you've handled with passion. I have a folder full of notes that you have sent me, times where you've encouraged me. I have a mental file of some of the encouraging comments or the text messages that you have sent. I can't tell you how many times, especially when my kids were younger and I'm tired and I'm getting ready to leave and Mark would pull me in his office and he'd say, hey, listen, go home and sit on the floor and play with your kids because pretty soon they're gonna grow up and they're not gonna wanna play with you. And that's happened already. So do it now. Just go home and do it now and enjoy those times. Please don't ever stop encouraging us. But it's not just about being an encouragement, as important as that is. Tell us about the things that you have seen God do. Tell us about the ways you have seen him at work. Tell us about the dark times when you weren't sure that you would make it through, but God showed up for you in a real and powerful way. Tell us about the joyful times of your life and how knowing and loving God made those bright days even brighter. If there are times where you questioned your faith, where you really wrestled with it, tell us how you went through that and what ultimately brought you back to God. Don't let us feel like we're the only generation that's ever wrestled with this stuff. The psalmist is talking about telling of the ways that you've seen God at work, and that's what they say in the final chapter, the final verse of this chapter, uh, 71, 24a, where he says, I will tell you about your righteous deeds, or I'll tell about your righteous deeds all day long because your stories are a reminder of God's faithfulness. The faithfulness of your stories help us see God's faithfulness. So don't ever stop telling us about God's great faithfulness, and even more than that, how he has been faithful to you specifically. We're observing it, we're seeing it, we're watching it, but we love hearing it from you directly. Things have not have always been easy. Things have not always been good, but God always has been good. Those are the kind of testimonies that will get the younger generation through the difficult days that lie ahead for most of us. Now, at my first church, when I worked there, there was an incredible facilities director, and his name was Richard Prouty, and he's here today. He's been a part of Northgate for a long time, and uh, he was such a hardworking guy, just worked and worked and worked, and I don't think I ever saw him take a break with one exception. In the last little bit before he retired, uh, there was dinners on Wednesday night, and he would set up a bunch of tables and chairs, and he'd set these tables and chairs up like he was still 35, and he'd go through and get everything set up, and then afterwards, he would come and sit in my office. I remember the first time he came down, I thought he had something to tell me. You know, I was like, all right, what are you here for? And I realized he was just there to tell me some stories. And he would tell me stories about, about how he came to love God. He told me stories about meeting Linda in college and how they wrote letters back and forth. And, and he would just put wisdom there in the middle of things. Amy and I were engaged at the time. And I remember he said, go away without your kids every year of your marriage. It's like, it's gonna be hard, especially when the kids are little, but do it. And we've done that. And that's wisdom I've passed on to many, many couples in pre-marriage counseling. And it was just kind of thrown in there. But I remember... This was after my own grandfather had died. I remember just sitting there and realizing he's just coming down so we can talk. He's making an investment in me. He's just giving me this wisdom. He's telling me about God's great faithfulness in his story. And Northgate Seniors, you have done that. Please continue to do that. Please continue to show us and teach us and demonstrate for us God's great faithfulness and what he has done in your life. Let's pray.
God, I thank you so much for this church. And God, I thank you that it's not all a church of, of a certain age, but God, we have all these different ages and stages of life, and God, we get to learn from each other. We get to live together and walk through this stuff together. So God, I pray you would use that to strengthen us. God, the people here who have stories of your faithfulness and the people that need to hear those stories, God, that you would connect us so that we can do that so that we can hear about how you have been good and what you have seen us through and what you have walked us through. That God, this church would stand as a testimony of your great faithfulness and your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Let me give you a takeaway as you go today. And that is that if you're a senior here at Northgate, just embrace that valuable role that you have. And if you aren't a senior yet, what I encourage you to do is tell someone who is how they've impacted you, how they've impacted your faith journey. Charlie's up there now because you serve communion. We moved you all over, but I had a chance to guest preach here in 2010 before I worked here. And over there in that corner, Charlie gave me a compliment that I still remember word for word 12 years later. It was such an encouragement to me. So thank you. I hope that we will do that. Tell the people about the impact that they have had on you. And as you go today, go in the love of God, go in the grace of Jesus, go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Have a great week, and we will see you next weekend. 